in time for church, 7 o'clock on this wonderful Wednesday night. How many of y'all had a good day today? How many of y'all had a so-so day today? How many of your day would you just say thumbs down, anybody? Well, you're here anyhow, and I'm glad you are. And it's good for you to be here, even when your day was thumbs down. As a matter of fact, I encourage you always, when you have a thumbs down day, come to church. Probably the best place you can come. How many believe that? Anybody? All right, good. Live streamers, it is good to have you tonight. So, a uh, couple quick announcements before we get rolling tonight. Don't forget, tonight is youth hangout night. So after worship, 5th through 12th grade, we'll be going with Josh and Nathan. And where are you guys going? Downstairs? Okay, they're going to head downstairs. So youth hangout night tonight. And they are um, talking about the fruit of the Spirit. So that's their series. They've been in, just so you know that. This Sunday is one of my favorite Sundays, okay? All right, it's the fifth Sunday of the month. I know it's Memorial Day weekend, but it's the fifth Sunday. And one of the reasons, one of my favorite Sundays is because it's one big family Sunday on Sunday. So all of our kids are with us for the whole service, and we like to have our kids and do that with us, have church together. So that's this Sunday. And uh, one more thing before we get rolling. Uh, don't forget, we got Vacation Bible School coming up in the end of June, okay? So 26, 27, 28, the Sunday, Monday, Tuesday evening from 6 to 8 p.m. And we need uh, volunteers because lots of things happen at the Bible School. So if you want to volunteer those nights or a couple of those nights or whatever, please sign up at the back. And uh, that way we know you can help. And at some point, Miss Kinsey will contact you about that. There's also flyers back there to, about the Bible school. So if you know some people that uh, have some kids and you want to invite them out to the Bible school, there's flyers back there. And if you take all of them, we'll just print a bunch more. Anyways, it is good to have you. So um, before we get going, uh, let me just say this. Um, uh, in, in light of everything that happened yesterday, remember, we're people who grieve when things happen. And we are, we are grieving uh, with families over the tragedy at the school in Texas. And, and certainly our prayers are for the families. And, um, I, you know, I was the youth pastor for, for 20 years before I started pastoring in. Um, in the early days of, of things like this happening, like, like Columbine and places like that, as a youth pastor, you see this thing come on, and your heart just immediately goes right down into your stomach. And um, I think we talked about this briefly a couple weeks ago. This is not normal. Don't let it become normal to you. That when you hear things like this, it's just, ah, oh, it's just the way it is. We, we grieve over the loss of life on every level and certainly over children, like at this school. And as believers that we constantly are praying kingdom come, that God's mercy will be present, and we pray somehow, some way, that, that the light of the kingdom is reaching, okay? And, and whatever beyond that, and those are conversations we should be having as a, as a society. So as I know I don't want to start off so somber tonight, but let, let, let's just open in a word of prayer, if you would. And so if everybody, just stand up on your feet, if you can. Lord, Lord, it's not our community, but it is in our nation. And Lord, it is in our collective humanity that, that this is happening. And Lord, I, I actually often, it's when these things, I'm at a loss for words, but I just pray your mercy, your grace, your presence somehow, some ways is, is pervading with the families and with that community and with the other students that were there and all the things that, that the dominoes that fall because of this stuff and, and that community will never be the same. But Lord Jesus, we just pray your, your compassion and your mercy and your graces for those there and, and those involved and those connected. To, to be and, and only in the way that you can be. That's what we ask. So Lord, just be with them. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Now, by the way, our kids are with us for worship, so make sure they're with your families, all right? You guys ready to worship a little bit tonight? All right, let's do so.
taking my burden. winter we won't it won't freeze over his love won't freeze over if it's summer his love is not gonna go through a drought there will always be enough for you there is comfort in that knowing no matter what season there will be enough hallelujah come and consume we give you permission our hearts are yours we want you
hearts are yours, we want you. We want you to come and consume God. Oh, we are. We give you permission. Our hearts are yours. We want you. We want you to come and consume God. Oh, we are. We give you permission. Our hearts are yours.
love you, Father. Amen. Well, we're so glad to have you here with us tonight. Teens, you guys are, wait for Josh, but you guys can head downstairs, and so can the kids. Go around and greet some of your family of faith this evening. couple minutes to get their kids checked in. Well, it's good to have you. If you are uh, preparing offering, you can do so. Offering envelopes and chair in front of you. If not, wave your hand around and one of the ushers um, will help you out. But we'll still give them a minute to get back up here and be part of giving. Turn, turn to your neighbor and say, it's fabulous to see you tonight. If you don't have somebody by you, you just got to look around. It's fabulous to see you. It is fabulous to see you. Fabulous, yeah. Well, it's, uh, it was a little over 80 today, and we survived in the room tonight. Next Wednesday, I heard it's supposed to be 90, and we'll really find out what's going on here. So we'll, we'll find out next Wednesday, really what's going to happen. <laughs> we'll be all right. All right, tithe and offerings. So if you have something to give, you can bring it forward. I'm going to pray. Lord, we thank you uh, to be here tonight, to be with you, have your presence with us, Lord, and I pray as we give tonight a continuation of our worship, our giving that is holy unto you, uh, Lord, that we are, are living in faith, by faith, living by faith, but not by sight, not by what we see around us, but living in 
faith in who you are, and we know that you are always our provider. And we thank you for that provision. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You can bring uh, your giving down if you have it tonight. And we'll get rolling. So you can get your Bibles out. Go to Genesis chapter 1. I think, uh, um, I think that the second or third week of June, I think I must, I think, don't hold me to it, I'm working on it, we'll start a walk through the book of Romans on Wednesday, which is Paul's big theological work that we find in the New Testament. And that, that's, that's a big piece right there, by the way. So, but until that time, I think we're going to do uh, some one-off messages until we get there in, in the middle of June. Um, I want to talk to you tonight. Uh, at the end, I'm going to challenge you. How about that? You guys up for a little challenge tonight? If you're not, hold it in your heart, then get to it when you're ready for it, all right? Um, but I want to talk to you about a, a subject that, that we see. We see it on the news. Uh, it's in our society. And I thought maybe I'd address it with you tonight. So Genesis chapter 1 and verse number 27. So God created man in his own image. So we are, as, as people, we are image bearers of God. Correct? We bear the image of God. Um, and it shows up, by the way, in our vocation. In other words, how we live. Image-bearing carries characteristic, but it shows up in vocation. So uh, God made the earth, put man here, and part of the image-bearing was to rule the earth, reign the earth in a proper way, multiply, and, and then what man had given to him uh, to, to deal with it in a proper way. Okay, so there's vocation mixed with image. But in the image of God, he created him, it says male and female, he created them, okay? Now, the problem, the problem in our world is sin. How many know that? Jesus has come, son of God, he dies on the cross, he raised from the dead, he deals with the sin problem so we can find salvation. Now, this is sort of a challenge I'm going to come back to later, and you'll, you'll see when we get going in a minute here. How many of you, you are so thankful for the mercy and the grace of God that he's dealt with your sin in a very particular way in your life? Okay. And how many of you believe that there is no, no person or no thing or no sin that is too far gone from the grace of God? You may believe that. Okay. So as sin is, is working away in the world, there, there is a lot of confusion in our world in a lot of different ways. A lot of confusion out there. Um, some of the confusion is simply the working of the enemy, the, the, the devil, the demonic. Um, uh, he, he not only sows confusion, but he preys upon confusion, right? And some of the confusion we see in our world today uh, it's simply just the outworking of the sin itself, okay? Now, one thing about uh, people, those that are uh, under the influence of sin. Remember, Paul writes that our battle is not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, powers, rulers, that, okay? So we have to have a healthy view of Satan and the demonic, because it's real and it's there. So as I was thinking in my mind, at some, sometime later in the year, we'll, we'll do a series on Wednesdays on the demonic, on angels, and we'll, we'll talk about the things we don't see and can't see or sometimes do see as they represent themselves, and we'll, we'll get into that. But the reason that you have to, and I, I was actually, I heard this today, and I was listening to a podcast, and they, they mentioned this, and I went, that's really good. And it needs nuanced out and parsed out. But... It's good to have a healthy view of the demonic because if you remove that, then you rest evil particularly with people. And we have a ten tendency to demonize people. That makes sense what I'm saying. Um, so the healthy view of the demonic and Satan, in other words, a belief in it, 
allows Paul to say our battle is not against flesh and blood. We uh, tend with flesh and blood. There certainly is justice meted out in this world for people, flesh and blood. But we understand that there's an influence happening behind it, and that's important to know that. Okay? Now, again, there is confusion in the world. And it seems like there are certain emphasis on things during certain times, though there is nothing new under the sun. But it certain, seems like there's certain seasons, certain times where there's things come to the forefront and they become flashpoints in society. And although it's, it's nothing new under the sun, it may have morphed and be a little different, but there's nothing that's entirely new under the sun, okay? Now, having said all that, what I want to talk to you tonight about is transgenderism. And I want to I will approach this with you, okay? Now, to do so in a, a, a very loving and compassionate way, by the way, I don't, I don't feel it's any good to yell and scream about stuff, okay? Because I believe that Jesus has died for all of us. And I believe that there is nothing too far from the grace of God, which I have experienced in my own life, that he has touched me very personally in the areas that I was in sin. Okay? So, five and a half percent of American society or population identifies on the spectrum of LGBT, okay? And that's a broad spectrum of different things. Of that 5.5%, 11% identify under the transgender spectrum. And these things are more prominent in the younger generations than the older generations by statistic, okay? Um, trans, it, I guess, it, by a working definition, and this, this is a, a secular society definition, is the various ways that some people experience incongruence between their biological sex and their gender. Okay, that, that's what they uh, put a definition on to be trans. Now, I'm gonna say this up front. I'm not an expert on this. I've done what I've done in my study and whatnot, so I'm not gonna get up here and wax poetic about all this stuff. I'm gonna say what I can say by what I know, but I'm not gonna go any further than that, okay? If you wanna do further study about this, you go for it. So I'm not an expert on this. But what I do know biblically, the Bible says that God made man in his image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. So in the Bible, um, and, and even really with science, by the way, if we want to talk biology, there is no tension we find that would cause us to contextualize that statement about the creation of God. Okay, so there's nothing in the Bible at some point that seems to contradict male and female created in the image of God. There's nothing in the Bible that will cause us to come back and say, okay, but what does that mean? Let's contextualize it. And there are certain things in the Bible that do that, and maybe sometime we'll talk about some of those things. But in this instance, that we look at the Bible, even biology itself, and we believe that it supports that our bio biological sex as we are made determines who we are. Okay? See what I'm getting at? That's a, that's a theological statement of belief in the scriptures. Um, so, by the way, when it comes to this, I know some people uh, bring up the eunuch in the Bible, and, I, and there's a, a couple of verses in Matthew where Jesus talks about the eunuch. He said, some are born this way, some are made this way, and some choose to be this way for the sake of the kingdom. Well, if you want to get into what a eunuch was, and, that, and there's different uh, definitions of that based on the time period and what, what that meant, you can check that out, but that is, doesn't bring attention to male and female. He created them, okay? Uh, another thing just to throw out real quick, and again, I'm not an expert in this, but there is such a thing called intersex, that somebody is born and they have both male and female anatomy. It's a very small percentage uh, of our population, extremely small, 
And even within what would be considered the intersex umbrella, it's extremely small where there wasn't one of the sex that was more prominent, okay? That they're equal. And again, I'm not gonna go there, we're not gonna talk about that, but we believe scripturally that male and female, he created them, okay? Now, let, let, me, let me talk about real quick, and I'm, I'm just gonna throw a couple things out to you to kind of get you to understand where things are coming from. These are, are, are some definitions, not again, my definition, but they're, uh, I would say, secular definition of things. So when I was growing up, on forms, uh, if you fill out a form that required you to state whether you're male or female, you either say sex or gender, right? So growing up, sex and gender were the same thing. Today anymore, they separate those terms. That my biological sex, male or female, um, is different than what a gender identity may be. How many, how many of you I'm tracking what I'm saying? Okay, um, and, and it goes into different things like, uh, it brings up gender identity, it brings up socially uh, constructed gender roles and how all these things sort of inter interact and intersect with each other uh, to make a person who they are. So when it comes to gender, gender identity, I, I wanted to give you a definition. Gender identity and definitions is a psychological, social, or cultural aspects of being male or female, or both or neither. That's a secular definition. And gender roles as constructed by society would be something like this. Well, boys like to roughhouse and, and play sports, and girls like to sit down and have a tea party. That's a gender construct, I mean, what I'm talking about. But those are not absolute because there's girls that like the rough house and there's boys that would rather not, right? But it doesn't change your biological uh, created being. So it, what, what's happening is when you have, when they're separating these things, you have your biological created being, a male or female. Now we have the possibility that my gender identity may be different than my biological creation. It, it, the term is, called gender dysphoria, where, uh, again, let me get this right, gender dysphoria is a term that describes a sense of unease that a person may have uh, because that they feel of a mismatch between their biological sex and their gender identity. Okay, see what I'm getting at there? And if you feel that way, they put you under the umbrella called trans. Okay? Now, Coming back to what we said earlier is that we believe, as scripturally stated, that our biological sex determines who we are, okay? That is whether or not, as a male, I would rather do things as a cultural construct that would be attributed to the girls, or if I was a female, as a social construct, I like to do things that would be more attributed to boys. That makes sense. And, and confusion comes in, and the devil preys on confusion. Okay? But I say these things with a lot of love and compassion, because this is out there. And as a church, then, we believe that, but we also believe that the body is an important aspect of being image bearers. And that the body is seen as sacred. You know, the Bible says, and, and Paul writes, remember, your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. And if you sexually sin, you're not only sinning, but you're sinning against your own body. So the body is sacred. So we can't take these things lightly. But we have these things out in our society. And they're in the news and all sorts of things. And, and, and people are... Uh, you know, depending on where you're at, it's, it's a loud, argumentative, it ends up in some sort of screaming match. Even when it comes to marriage, Genesis 2.24, a man uh, shall leave his mother and father and be united to his wife, and the two become one flesh. So there's even a structure 
in what we call marriage to the male and female aspect. These are things as a church that we must see and stand in. Okay? And as a society, when society is doing what it is doing, we have to remember there are things behind the scenes that are affecting what we see. Because our battle is not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and rulers and, and so forth, what's going on, where the enemy is preying on confusion, okay? And, or just is, is just general outworking of a fallen world. So, I kind of wanted to say that so you just know scripturally when you see these things as a church, that's where we're at. Okay, how many know what I'm saying? How many, how many catch what I'm saying? But then, where does that leave the church? And, and by the way, what, what I'm about to say, this goes for a wide range of, of, of topics that we could discuss. Okay, this is just one that's right now, it's a flashpoint. It's not going anywhere. It's going to be around. Um, uh, the, you saw the statistic numbers. Those numbers will grow. I, I don't ha have any doubt that those, those numbers will grow, but it's still, still a very, very small percentage of, our, uh, of American society. But it is there, and we, we are faced with it. And I want to say we deal with it, but it comes up because of laws. It comes up with school issues and all sorts of stuff. It just shows up. So as a church, what do we do? This, this, is, this is the ball game right here. What do we do? And that's my challenge to you. It's a simple challenge. What do we do? And I'm not actually going to nuance this way out with you because I believe it's very important for the individual Christian to, to wrestle with this stuff and learn how to get with God so he can show you and teach you his will and his ways in these kind of things. Sometimes I like to get like Jesus. When Jesus was asked a question, sometimes he would just ask the question back. And I know I'm the one posing the question, but I want you to, to think, how am I to be a part of God healing our world? That, that's big. How am I to be a part? Now, what I do know is, and, and I think you all can equate yourself before you were saved, I, I really don't believe that a, a vicious Anger, uh, loud way is the way to go about this kind of stuff. Can you imagine when you weren't saved, if somebody would just been in yelling and how terrible and lost you are and how sinful you are and how it wouldn't have gone well? Am I correct? How then as a church do we do this? And, and, it's, and, and by the way, just because I... I uh, especially in the, in the realm of homosexuality. I know some people and, and know some struggle there. And be careful you don't broad brush the whole story for everybody all the time. That's big, by the way. Okay? Right? And I think it's also important, don't try to talk about what you really don't know about. That's another important thing. We, we like to be experts on everything because we can Google stuff. The Google is whatever, but it didn't make you an expert on anything, okay? Um, it, by the way, I, I will say this. I was thinking to do this earlier. If, if you want to read uh, a book I just read uh, called Embodied by Dr. Preston Sprinkle, it, it's a, a Christian approach to transgenderism in the Bible. It breaks down all this stuff. It's a, it's a wonderful, easy read, but, but he really does a good job with it. Um, but how do we approach this? So we, we stand in what we believe scripturally, but where do we go from there? And this goes for anything that we would categorize as sin or not in the ways of God. How do we approach our society with this stuff? What is our way of taking the gospel 
to the world. Because I believe that every person can be saved. And I believe no matter how much of an influence the enemy has on somebody or how little, I believe that God can heal anybody's soul. Anybody. This is the challenge of church. Then how do we go about this? Okay. That when we see these things, and whatever your reaction is, it's got to come back into and come under this filter. And, and, and I am a Christian. That is your identity. If you're a believer, that that identity comes before anything else about you. You know that. That identity comes before the fact that I am a citizen of the United States of America. You know that. That identity also supersedes the fact that I am a man. The Bible says in him there's no Jew nor Greek, slave nor free, male nor female. In other words, he brings us all to a level of uh, uh, together in him, that there's no categorations, that there's no separations. He brings us together, okay? So in other words, everything about me, you can say anything about me. If you know personally uh, things I like, the things I don't like, uh, my, my uh, 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 things that are my hobby, whatever you can think of about me, my Christianity precedes and should supersede all of it. So whatever my views are of things, i got to bring them back and put them through the lens of the fact that I am a Christian. Scripturally, in what I believe, and then how does Jesus teach me to respond to society that needs him? That's the challenge. Okay? I, I don't know. I want to be, I want to be a person of love and compassion for those that are in the church and outside of the church. Right? I don't know about you, that's me. I want to be a person that learns the love of God, for God so loved the world, right? That I grow and learn the love of God for this world. And that there's nothing about me that's a hindrance to the love of God for this world possibly working through me. I want to remove as much stumbling blocks and things that get in the way of that kind of love. In the church, when you talk like that, some people get upset as if, well, that makes you just accepting. It doesn't make me accepting. It makes me somebody who loves. Because I believe everybody should have an opportunity to meet Jesus and come to know him. And how Jesus works out salvation in their life is between him and them, and that doesn't include me. Because I think what happens is sometimes uh, when you get to know somebody, if you, if you didn't know me before I got saved, and you looked at me in kind of a legalistic way, you would have made a list of the order of, okay, first you should deal with this, and then next you should deal with this, and then next you should deal with this, because you're going to start with what you think is worst about me and work your way down. How many know what I'm talking about? We can't make lists like that for people. If they want to involve you and say, help me be discipled and walk with me, and you, yeah, okay, you can work with them, but don't make lists for people. Don't worry about their process of working out their salvation. Listen, the Holy Spirit is a big boy. He's been doing this for as long as there's been human beings on this planet. He knows much more than I do. Right? He's a big boy. He, he can do what his job is. I mean, he's God. So he, he's going to do a good job. Amen? But do we present the gospel? Now, well, well, I'm going to say I want you to take this the right way. Can you hear me the right way? Okay, so... Take me the right way. I think you guys know me. I'm not sure I'd have said this when I first came here, but I think I've been here long enough. You guys know me. 
okay? <clears throat> Don't think that the end of you shining your light in the world is when you cast the vote. I mean, y'all heard what I just said. You can, you can vote your conviction. Vote, vote all that you should, but don't think because I voted, then I, I don't need to be a light anywhere else. That, the gospel is not embodied in a vote. The gospel is Jesus reaching to somebody with the hope of the good news of abundant life. You see what I'm getting at? Vote. Do all that stuff. But I'm not saying don't vote. What I'm saying is don't vote and think, well, I, I, I did my light to the world Christian duty. You see what I mean? We are to be part of healing of the world that comes with a person-to-person -person gospel interaction. Okay? And, and let me just, while I'm on that train, let me just throw this out there. You posting what you believe on your Facebook is not the end of your light of the gospel in the world. The gospel is a personal person-to-person -person interaction of sharing the good news of Jesus Christ that there is abundant life out of sin. And again, it's not just about this subject. It's about everything. Because Jesus so loved the world, and in the world is all these people, including us, that he loves. So how do we engage a world where these things are happening? That's the question you have to answer as you live your life. And I can't answer that stuff for you. I can challenge you. I can say, hey, we've got to do this in, in the way that Jesus would have us do it. And we, we have to be people. We've got to learn how to love. We've got to learn compassion. Remember a couple weeks ago, we have to learn how to be quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to become angry, right? We have to learn all of these things. Because... God is asking us to be his image bearers in the world that are supposedly starting to get the vocation of our image correct. Right? You see what I mean by that? That's part of the abundance of coming out of a life of sin. And part of that is then how do we live in this world that needs the same healing that you found when you received and gave your life to Jesus. You know what I mean? And, and so when you, when you watch the news and you see all these flashpoints of things happening, and they're, they're, they're there, they're not going away, this is the way of the world. And, 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 if, and if you'd have been alive 40 years ago, there would have been flashpoints, but it would have just been happening a different way because there wasn't social media. And it had been 100 years before, there were flash, the, the flashpoints of, of society never stop until Jesus comes back. Again, different emphasis in different seasons, but there's nothing new under the sun. Okay? So I want to challenge you to be gospel in motion. This, this was the very first Wednesday series we were in when I came to this church. It's called Gospel in Motion. Do you remember that? Anybody remember that title? How can we be the continuation of the image bearers of the book of Acts and still be gospel in motion in a world that needs Jesus? And, and whatever you see it on the news, whatever comes up on social media, whatever we, we see governmental happening, what's going on at my workplace, what's happening with my neighbors. You have to learn that my Christianity supersedes everything. So how I respond should be that I am a citizen of the kingdom of God. I am a child of God who's been adopted into the family of God. And as a child of God, as a son and daughter of God, how is he asking me to live in this world? And that is a challenge. Big challenge. But it's part of our vocation. Because we have been told, let your light shine before men. 
that they may see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. 2 Corinthians 5, can you throw that up for me, Kelly? 2 Corinthians 5, 17. How many understand where I'm coming from? Okay, I hope you do. Um, 2 Corinthians 5, 17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. How many, that's you? Yes, amen. The old has passed away. I'm thankful. Behold, the new has come, and all this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself. Now watch this. But then what did he do after you've been made a new creation? And gave us the ministry of reconciliation. You see that? The same reconciliation that you have received, you've been reconciled back to God. You were separated, now we're reconciled back to him. Okay? Right relationship. That new creation, that reconciliation that you have in Jesus, then he turns around and says, hey, guess what? I got a vocation for you. I want you to participate for other people in what you have received from me. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, now counting their trespasses against them and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ. Ambassadors. That, that we are those that are accommodating other people for the gospel. God, watch this, God making his appeal through who? Us. Us. Now, you thought ministry was about guys like me. Uh, ministry is all of us together. You, I'm not letting you just throw that mess on me on all, all of it. I ain't taking all of it. I'm, it's like I'm rubber, you're glue, right? You should have balance sticks to you, all right? That we implore, watch this, we implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. For our sake he made him to be, uh, who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. In our righteousness we become ambassadors to the world for him. Let your light shine before men. Even in what we would call at moments of society and history, the flashpoints of society. We must learn how to be ambassadors. So there, there, you may not uh, interact consistently with somebody that falls on the spectrum of what we're talking about. Okay, but if you do, how you go about what you do means everything for the light of Jesus. Amen? You believe that? Okay. That's my challenge tonight. Kind of give you a, that was, that was very low-key. You want to study more, you go for it. But that's just very low-key, just a stance on, on creation of male and female, okay? A, a real quick glance of, of what we're calling, what we're seeing inside, what's called gender dysphoria and, 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 and that kind of stuff. But in the midst of that, that we are ambassadors for Jesus in all of this stuff. Okay? All right. Be challenged by that. Think about it. Pray about it. Wrestle with God about it. Let, let, him, let him have his way with you a little bit. Wouldn't that be good? You, and I think I, I've heard this said, and I know you've heard this before. I trust people who walk around with a limp because they wrestle with God, right? Remember the whole story of Jacob, I think, wrestled with God, and Jacob wouldn't let go. And finally, finally we get, he, he said he got touched, and, and he just walked with a limp. It was proof that he had wrestled with something greater than himself. I, I want people who got a limp right here because they wrestled with God. That, that there were, God ultimately had his way with you. And there's something different. There's some, that, remember that whole deep, deep forming that we've been talking about, this transformation, this deep working of God, that, that he is doing that kind of stuff in you. Okay? All right.
I'll let you go. Let's pray. Lord, Lord, we thank you. We thank you that you love all of us. We thank, thank you for, for each one of our salvations, Lord. And, and, um, but I pray we learn to be thankful that we've been given the ministry of reconciliation. I pray that you teach us how to go about that in the manner that you have called us to. And I pray each one of us here as we live life and in, in, in the things that we, we see and experience every day, we, we never forget where we have come from. And in that, Lord, that we never forget that you are working and doing only what you can do, but you teach us how to be in on that. Lord, help us, grow us, open our eyes to see the way the Spirit sees. Lord, I, th I thank you for an opportunity to be alive in this time of history right now. That everybody in this room, they're alive during this time period in 2022 by your design. And that whatever it is that we are to do for you, that we learn how to do it. So help us, Lord. We, we need you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, so whenever I talk about something, if you have questions or whatever, please, please come talk to me. I'd love to talk to you about it. But having said that, Sunday, one big family. I can't wait. I'll be blessed that you go, and uh, we'll see you Sunday morning. Invite somebody along. Wasn't putting on a show, wasn't where